Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. Welcome back to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. When I say back, I say we have been around for a while, and that's why. We're, we're not other the poser podcasts out there that have other cities, and they decided they were going to become It's Always Game Day in blank city as we found another one this week. We are the original. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Daryl, it's always game day in Cleveland. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. Always in Cleveland. Thank you. Yes, the first, the original. By the way, are we getting royalties for this? For people pirating our podcast name? Can we go after them? I don't know. We all work together. I think we're all. The same I was going to say. I I think we're all under the same umbrella. <sighs> so I don't think legally there's anything we can do. All right. Well, I hate we're the. Uh, it's you know always game day. But then again, it, we kind of did rip off a TV show, so it's it, all the same. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. All right. I feel better. Can the Browns imitate an offense that can look um, a little bit better in the fourth quarter between the eight minute and six minute mark coming up against the Chargers on Sunday? Want to start there? Well, I mean, they're 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 gonna have to, um, you know, red zone offense, big topic of conversation coming off that Atlanta loss. Look, they've had 16 red zone possessions this year, and only one dead possession where they've got zero points. Unfortunately, the 15 scoring possessions, nine of those have been touchdowns, so that means they have kicked six field goals. So that's still not the best of ratios. And that uh, topic came up with uh, quarterback Jacoby Brissett today, uh, which this is Wednesday when we're recording this. And uh, here's what he had to say. It's just frustrating. Uh, you just want to score touchdowns. Uh, and we, we always say we don't care who scores for us. It's just we just want to put the ball in the end zone. And, 
yeah, we just got to be better in those situations. How to be better in those situations. In other news, water is wet and the sky is blue. Back to you. I've heard you say that before. That's like you should trademark that. <laughs> I think someone else. I probably, I'm pretty sure I'm ripping that off somebody else. Man, everything everybody does is a ripoff. All right, I'm not mad at the other podcast now. I, you, I'll let it go just because you said that. <laughs> All right, so how do we fix this? How does it become better? I, you know, again, you're just saying that the only one time they've come up dead in the red zone all season? Yeah, and that was that was uh, Sunday. Now, first quarter drive. And and what do we keep talking about? We keep talking about run versus pass, right? Mm-hmm. And, well, <laughs> here's what Brissett said when he was asked about should they run the ball more inside the 20. I mean, we could play that game all day, which one is better. Uh, but uh, I thought we had good plays down there. It's just about execution uh, and focusing in, focusing in on the details. So I guarantee you that no one in Berea drives backwards. No one will back the bus up over anybody. Now, it's Stefanski was here in the first. Now, Brissett's doing the same thing. They've all taken the R out of their car, out of the transmission. Is it wrong um, that I actually kind of miss the days of guys throwing each other under the bus? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, you know, my position, you know, I just, you know, like, ah, it was Maybe. his fault. Oh, it was his fault. He screwed up. No, it was him. Blame him. The coaches are terrible. Daryl, you know how they were trying to find a theme song between the third and fourth quarter to get the fans fired up? Maybe they should just play the beep, 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 beep. Either it's that coming the, a quarter later, isn't it? Either that or the air raid siren because the, <laughs> they're about to get shelled. Uh, so, Nick Chubb, you want the ball in the red zone? You know, Coach, they'll make the, be- the best calls for us because he feels there in that time. You know, no matter who, who numbers call, we have to get the ball, ball in. So I think we all feel like we can always get the ball in. Anybody can, so it's not just running back. So I feel like anybody feel like we can get the ball in that situation. Now, Chubb does kind of think we're making a little too much of uh, the red zone problems. I think once we get down there, our mindset has to change. We have to get the ball in the end zone. We have to find a way. You know, we didn't we didn't execute very well uh, as we have been this season, and something worked on in the off season. But um, last Sunday, we weren't able to quite get together. So just going forward, we got we have to be better down there. Yeah, translation: we got to be better, but we only had really one bad day. So let's not freak out. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, would you rather see him run the ball more? That's the question. And by the way, so you know there's a promo running for this for our show right now, right? Right? Yeah. You know, yeah, so we have a promo that's running on there. It's great. I'm excited that we have a promo. But in the promo, I said something about running the ball more. And it wasn't anything that was crazy. I got this Yahoo on Twitter that's after me now. Like, ah, my stomach hurts from listening to Baskin whine about the running game. I'm not whining about it. What I'm saying is is that the Browns have been very efficient in the running game. Their running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is an excellent part of our offense. In fact, it might be the best part of our offense. Your team runs the ball 48% of the time. You want to know who runs the ball the most in the NFL right now? Anyone want to guess? Put your hand up and say the only team that's uh, that's undefeated in the NFL, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. They run the ball more than the Browns do. In fact, they run the ball more than they pass the ball. They run the ball 52% of the time. So my point here is not to, to uh, agitate anyone or I'm just saying if it works and it's not broken, use it. That's all. Not trying to irritate anybody like this guy who's on me on Twitter. I'm just like, leave me alone, dude. And so obviously I haven't heard from him. You want to know why, Daryl? Want to know why? I haven't heard from last 24 right. hours. Because I hit the mute button. I was done with him. See ya. Uh. 
thought maybe you gave him the Heisman, the old blocky block. No, uh, I'm not blocking. Why should I block? Why should I give anybody the satisfaction of them knowing I block them? That uh, Those days are long gone. Mute is the greatest button in the history of social media. Yeah, I don't care. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on Twitter anyway. So <laughs> It'll be something after that. Your boss is going to say, you need to be on this form of social media. We got to make sure we get the word yeah, out. You want ratings? You want downloads? You want all this stuff? Oh, you better make sure you get that out there. All right, finish up with the uh, with the offense here. Your thoughts? Well, once, once Elon finishes uh, closing on it, I'll probably peace out. Uh, anyway, back to uh, this offense. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, I don't think agrees with the notion that the offense isn't necessarily unbalanced. I mean, I just think that's it's just such a critical part of our offense uh, is when everybody touches the ball, we do well. Uh, and a lot of, a lot of, yeah, Mari did get what we say is the correct number of touches, I would say. But a lot of guys stepped up and made a lot of plays. You know, both Davis made a lot of plays. Donovan made a lot of plays. Uh, our backs made a lot of plays in the past game. So uh, just finding ways to get everybody involved and, and uh, make it a conscious effort to to make the right decision. So all y'all stop complaining. Yeah, but the the point is, is when you go back and look at the box score, when it's all said and done, there are only two guys on this team that really need to get the ball or need to get targets. That's Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper. When Cooper has more than 10 targets, great things are going on. I I mean, I just, I don't, I'm still a little confused on, it's almost like they wanted to use Cooper as a decoy in this game against the Falcons to get DPJ going. That's what it feels, I mean, in retrospect, that's what it looks like in the stats. I don't know if that's necessarily true, or was the Falcons' defense that good? I just, I, and we keep saying that. I, I just think that week to week, some opportunities are going to be there, some aren't. And, you know, you're just going to have ebbs and flows. The The thing that concerns yeah, Daryl, Daryl, don't you think that the opportunities are, pre, are uh, prescribed? By the offense, I not think they go into games when you're not getting them the ball in the fourth quarter. That's that's there's nothing scripted about the fourth quarter. No, but I would say when they're moving the ball in the first three quarters, that it, again, it's only by looking at the stats. It's a, and I can go back and look at the stats over the last three years. It almost feels like they designate a person for offense in every game that they really want to try to go to. You know, Ninjoku wasn't that guy, and then all of a sudden he became the guy. Cooper wasn't the guy in game one, and all of a sudden he became the guy. If they wanted to prescribe, and that's okay. If they think a player can be, um, you know, effective against another team, then absolutely do it. But sometimes it feels like it's forced. Like, okay, we're going to get DPJ the ball. This is what we're going to do, and we are going to live and die by that, even if Nick Chubb's running six, seven yards every carry. I think that's my bigger point. The concern that I have going forward, Andy, with this offense right now is the ability to keep up with these high-powered offenses that they're about to face right? Like, can Jacoby Brissett keep up with uh, Justin Herbert? Can he keep up with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady? Now, when you look at the numbers, like for instance, this week, Browns are actually tied for sixth in scoring. They're averaging uh, just over 26 points per game, whereas the Chargers are averaging 23 points per game. So believe it or not, the Browns are scoring more points than the Chargers are right now. So I asked this very question to Jacoby Brissett about the pressure of trying to keep up with these high-powered offenses that they're about to face. And obviously, the, the mindset is to be better just to be better. Uh, each week is is a week to, that we get a chance to go out there and perform better than we did the, the week before. Uh, I mean, we're not playing against their offense. We're playing against their defense. So uh, we just got to go out and execute, do our job, uh, and, and focus on that. Uh, I think that will be more than enough to worry about. I get that, but... 
again, with the defense playing the way they are, especially in the fourth quarter, which we'll get into later in this podcast, that's, that's just is my chief concern about this stretch that's coming up. Can the Browns keep up? Is it fair to expect Jacoby Brissett and this offense to be able to keep up? It's a good question. Let's tackle a little bit more of that coming up here in a moment. When we get back, let's talk about the fourth quarter. I've touched on the offense the other day, and the fourth quarter defense has been something that uh, has let this team down uh, too many times in the first four games of the season. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. Glad to have you with us as this podcast uh, originates on a Thursday morning, the 6th of October. Hey, by the way, uh, happy well, my dad's birthday today. My mom's birthday is next week, so uh, it's always a big month around the Baskin house. All right, so let's talk about this because it's always game day in Cleveland. Brought to you locally by the folks that fixed my mom's house just a few weeks ago. That's Smiley One. Smiley One, heating and cooling and plumbing. You know them, you love them. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort and the official uh, heating, cooling, and plumbing uh, company of the baskets. How's that sound? Daryl, you're more than welcome to use them too. I hope you would sometime in the near future. Let's dive into the fourth quarter because, you know, I brought this up offensively. There's the fourth quarter stall. I think I've been talking about it all week. It's this, the, the drives on offense that stall. And if you go back and look at all four games, they've had a drive that started with eight minutes and 30 seconds to go in the fourth quarter up to about six minutes to go in the fourth quarter where they have gone to complete dog whatever and they just freeze up they they these are important times in the game when it, they could use a sustained drive and it just hasn't happened and it's what's made these games i think has made these games closer down the stretch and i i've already chronicled this in in a previously podcast but obviously it's a lot more than just that because the defense needs to hold up their end of the bargain although i will say if the Browns could come up with a drive between 8 30 and six minutes to go in the game you might take some of the weight off of the defense as far as being physically exhausted towards the end of the game. But that's not the reason why you give up 15 straight runs in a fourth quarter against the Atlanta Falcons and end up losing the game. So let's talk about the defense a little bit in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, they, they've given up 50 points in the final quarter 
Um, they've allowed 95 points to date total. So more than half of the points that they're allowing are coming in the final 15 minutes. And that's the, you know, the, the big question, what is happening down the stretch in these games? Here's what safety Grant Delpit said. Yeah, you know, just staying locked in for 60 minutes and just having them, you know, killing mentality. But, uh, you got to stand up to uphold to uh, be a top five number one defense. So you got to uh, stick together Got to have the killer mentality, Andy. I think that's a little telling. With you know coming mm. out and saying that, yeah, that's that's what we need uh, for uh, four quarters. Um, that I think says a lot without saying a lot, if that makes sense. But is that a, a mantra in the locker room right now? Are people going? We have to have a killer mentality. We have got to perform in the fourth quarter. Like, do you think that 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 mantra is is generating throughout the locker room. Do you think that everyone's buying into that's the that's the way? I mean, it, it's you know like the t-shirt thing in baseball. Okay, here comes our t-shirts, and they're going to say killer mentality. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to be wearing t-shirts, uh, especially because this is what JJ three John Johnson the third his thoughts on the state of the defense. It's moments in the game where we gave up. You know, it's like hitting yardage. You know, if you if you take away the obvious bust that we have like i think we've been a pretty solid group uh they had seven completions last game i mean i think we're we still have potential you know it's early in the season but we just gotta go out there and do it like i said if there's a week to do it it's just who's he think he is butch davis well you know if you take away those two 99 yard touchdown runs we only gave up 15 yards on the ground don't get mad, but I do see the hidden yardage thought though i mean the big picture part i understand what you're saying but here's where i'll say the hidden yardage is when you're going down, when when you punt the ball and the ball is up in the air and you decide you're going to catch the ball at the nine rather than letting it hit and then trying. I understand it was a little bit risky, but rather than catching the ball, why wouldn't you let it hit and then try to block it before it goes in the end zone so you could trap a team four or five yards more back or more yards to have to roll down the field the other way? I, I do see little tiny places where there's hidden yardage, things like that, but I don't know that it's at the extreme that you're like, I understand what you're saying, and I, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but there are times for hidden yardage. I, I get that. I, I They've had like eight – they've had so many defensive breakdowns or miscommunications or technique problems. I've lost count. I've stopped counting. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like, so it's communication. It's a communication that, that, issue. I mean, that's why I can't just discount it. Now, Greedy Williams, who's coming back, we'll get into that in, yeah. in a bit as well. Um. He's had an opportunity to kind of watch this from a bird's eye view. And here was his thoughts on where things are in the secondary. I mean, they've been playing well. It's just these few plays that they've given up in the secondary. Is just He's Butch Davis, too. Yeah, I agree. That's all I can think about. Them. Everything been played well so far. It's just... It is? Like you say, them, them the small two, three plays that are in a game that you'll see that go for like 50 yards. So we got to definitely lock in on it. Yeah, those are kind of problematic. And, uh, you know, everything been crisp so far from what I've been seeing except the big plays. I mean, other than the Titanic sinking on its maiden voyage, uh, everything went great, Andy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I get it. He, he's obviously, you know, he's coming back. He doesn't want to say anything. That, but, but like, I just, I can't do the, well, if you take away these big plays, we're playing well. 
but the, the problem is that we can't take away the big plays because the big plays are what are costing you games. The big plays are why you are why you have lost two games. So yeah, I'd love to give you that. You know, Butch Davis being a little doubt, but I just can't do it, my man. Sorry. Teeny tiny fracture of nine weight bearing bone. Oh man. That may be the worst. Butch Does anyone else have any more wisdom on how to fix this stuff in the fourth quarter? Or no. Uh, Anybody no. else? <laughs> I think we've exhausted the wisdom, but you know, they do have to play Justin Herbert. And um, I thought JJ3 had the quote of the the honest quote of the day yeah i think they're uh number one in passing so you know if it's a game that you got to get up for and be locked in for it's this one and um i think you know that's that's the emphasis for, for our room especially um we've had some flashes of, of good things but um i think each and every play we got to be locked in or we are going to get torched because they've been doing it to anybody dating back to last year too so if it's a game that you know we need our best ever from the secondary is this thank goodness somebody said it somebody said the truth right are, are, are you not happy for that? I'm happy for that. Somebody is like, not, they didn't throw the bus over anybody. They didn't back the bus up on you. He said the truth. If you don't show up this week, we are getting torched. Yep. Respect I, that? I respect, I respect that. the honesty. Yes. 100%. It, it's better than listening to these guys say, well, you know, uh, there's no real problem here, and it's one play here. You're right, like the 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 missing yardage, and uh, the you know, it's. I'm, I think we're all playing great. I, I mean, I, I I know you're saying it, but what happens is your words mean absolutely nothing after a while. And it, it, nothing against Kevin, but Kevin's not saying anything in these press conferences now. I think he has gone from somebody who was decent to listen to in these press conferences to not saying one word. Like he's making Bill Belichick sound like a poet right now. You're not getting an argument from me. <laughs> but keep in mind, I have to be in the room. So oh, oh, we're playing it. I'm listening to it too. I, it's just, I, um, if they win a couple games, you think they'll lighten up a little bit? No. How many times have I tried to get Kevin Stefanski to lighten up? Uh, that's a good question, Daryl. Quite a few. Uh, I would say well. more times than the Browns have blown coverages this season. Um, so they got all these big, fancy, strong arm quarterbacks they're going to play, right? Right. Are they ready? Grant Delpit. Uh, you know, it's the NFL, so every week going to face a good quarterback. But, you know, uh, like you said, in the stretch, we've got a lot of good quarterbacks we're going up against, a lot of good offices. It should be a test for us. But, you know, we're doing what we do every week. Let's prepare the same and you know, make sure we're on our P's and Q's. I'm going to translate that and say, no. Back to you. I think part of the problem with what he said there is, um, let's see, week one quarterback was Baker Mayfield. If he hasn't lost his job by the time this is aired, he's about to lose his job. Uh, week two was uh, Joe Flacco, right? Correct. Okay, I'll move on from the next one. The next quarterback they saw was Mitch Trubisky. He's lost his job too. And right. last week was... Uh, who was last week, though? Marcus Mariota. I'm just kidding. That Mar Mariota is just like trying to survive in this league. He's a placeholder for that job. You can tell me they're not going to have another quarterback starting next year. Of course they are. It's not every quarterback in this league that's A1A. They're just going to see a lot of the A1A guys over the next couple of weeks. And he also doesn't want to provide any bulletin board material for anybody either. I get that, but, but who I mean, are we going to see? The again, fact Pittsburgh? of the matter is, they are and they, they the defense has played well in spurts, but they have choked down the stretch against average 
quarterbacks and average teams. And they're about to play above average quarterbacks and above average teams. And this seven game stretch is basically going to make or break this season. I just, I don't think that there's any dispute in that. Yeah. And I also think just last point in the segment, it's just that all three phases of the game have let this team down at some point in the fourth quarter in all four games. It's always game day in Cleveland. We're back with more. We're going to look more ahead at the Moorhead. Is that sound right? Moorhead State. They have a decent football team. Um, as we look ahead, we will talk about the Chargers coming up on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Should be a really exciting Sunday in Northeast Ohio, but hopefully it's not as exciting as I want it to be. But if the Guardians lose one of their games, it's going to be a doubleheader Sunday in Cleveland. And I think the NFL probably, uh, or I think Major League Baseball actually got one thing right, other than waiting till last second to tell everybody when Friday's game started, because that's another story, and I was not happy about that. But... um what I am saying is that you could have a Guardians game on Sunday and you could have a Browns Chargers game on Sunday, which would make downtown extremely interesting. At least, at least, at least they were scheduled for the baseball game for 415 if they need to play that third game. So it should be a really interesting day uh, in Northeast Ohio on Sunday. And if, uh, you know, the Browns give you a reason to leave the stadium in the third quarter, you can make first pitch. Yeah, I think this is going to be interesting. Like, I would like to have a drone on East Ninth, And let's see if. If the Browns are not playing well in the fourth quarter, what? That just totally went over your head. Oh, I missed it. What'd you say? How did I miss it? I said, and if the Browns oh. give you a reason to leave the stadium in the middle of the third quarter, you can still make first pitch. Yeah, I, it was. I, it didn't go over my head. I got it. And I, all of a sudden, I was having you these visions. You just didn't want of, to acknowledge it. Well, I was having visions of uh, uh, um, a former Indians pitcher with a drone on East Ninth, flying it over, watching people walk from the stadium to the ballpark. But by the same token, if it's a close game, then you miss the first couple of innings of the playoff game and you get there and life is good. So it could be a very, very interesting day in Northeast Ohio on Sunday. I hope that the Guardians can wrap things up on Saturday. But, um, Daryl, let's talk and look ahead to the Chargers here now. And one of the good pieces of news I think that was extremely optimistic on Wednesday is that we saw Miles Bar- uh, Garrett back on the practice field. And I actually, I this is a lot earlier than I thought because – I had settled into at least this week being off, if not up to a month. So Miles being back at practice today, that's great news, right? Yeah, I mean, he did everything that he normally does at practice, um, at least when we're allowed to view it, which is the individual, you know, stretching, individual drills, all that kind of thing. Um, and he seemed pretty happy to be back out there as well. Um, so. I think there's a good chance you could see Miles Garrett on Sunday. I really do. I, I and the other thing too is, I don't think people were pleased with the Adam Schefter report over the weekend, where Schefter reported that he was going to be out two to four weeks potentially with these injuries that he suffered. So, um, 
you know, nothing. You mean he didn't like it. I mean, does it does it matter what people think? It's it, he didn't like it, right? Right. Yeah. Or I'm his just saying, I, like just, I don't think that that was received well at 76 Lugrosa Boulevard. So gotcha by Miles in particular. Correct. I'm sure he wasn't thrilled. Well, I, I, I mean, I can look if I'm Miles Garrett, I would be uh, perturbed about that too. I wouldn't so, have any problem with him being mad about it. Yeah, I, I just think that uh, you know, good sign, and uh, if he is able to do. Uh, more and more as the week goes on, I would not be surprised to see him on the field. He might not be able to play the same number of snaps that mm-hmm. he would normally play, but I'm just saying, don't be surprised if Miles Garrett uh, does, in fact, play against the Chargers. Um, Jadavian Clowney, what do you think about him? <sighs> Until I see Jadavian Clowney on a field, I'm, yeah, no. Uh, I I'm not optimistic. Um, he didn't practice Wednesday. We'll see about Thursday, Friday. Kevin Stefanski keeps saying he's close. Now, I remember some injuries where Kevin Stefanski would say guys are close, and then like six weeks later, he's still saying guys are close. So uh, it is a positive. Like, they haven't put him on injured reserve. And But hindsight being 2020, if he doesn't play this week, I think it's a it's a pretty big roster blunder that they didn't put him on injured reserve because now he's missed three games. Good point. Good point. Right. So um, we'll see. Like, again, have to go by what Stefanski says because we don't see him out there. He's getting rehab uh, inside on that ankle. I don't believe he's in the walking boot anymore. The last time I happened to see him, which was like literally for four seconds, he did not have a walking boot on. Uh, So that's, I guess, good news. But yeah, Kevin Stefanski keeps saying close. I don't think he's close until I see him practice. That's just how I feel about the Jadavian Clowney situation. How about Greedy coming back this week? What does it mean? What does it mean that he's back? Uh, reinforcements have arrived. <laughs> well, they need them. I mean, that's, right. I think that's a good point. I mean, they do. Uh, I mean, he is kind of back at a good time. Uh, for sure, man. Uh, like I said, we playing these passing teams, and you know, you definitely want to be out there against you no know, passing teams, and uh, especially going against a quarterback. But they is first in the league and um, passing yards, some explosive. So you definitely want to play against that. Yeah. So his. I like his that time. attitude. His timing could not uh, be better. Unfortunately for him, though, someone asked him about being jinxed today with injury. Really? Uh, Yeah. Uh, And he looked. I mean, he missed a couple of games as a rookie with a hamstring injury. His sophomore season got wiped out by the shoulder injury. He missed one game last year because of a shoulder. And then, obviously, the first four games uh, because of another hamstring injury. So you know, he, the J word, the jinx word came up when he was asked, and this was his response. Do I think the injury jinx? I wouldn't call it jinx. I just say it's another chapter in the book, man. You know, just to come back and be better and, uh, you know, prove again what I can do. Now, as he said good that, for, hey, I gotta say, good for him because that might have irritated me if it was right. if I was a player. A hundred percent. But, but again, I mean, it's. From a mental standpoint, when you're going through injury after injury after injury, it can be mentally taxing. Sure. And someone did ask, well, okay, well, did you ever, you know, you know, how how do you deal with all that? And uh, he offered these thoughts. I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, just 
you just sitting down, you just thinking like, why does, you know, it keep happening to me? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just, like I said, I just came in gratitude with it, you know, just, you know, realize this is what it is. And, you know, my uh, uh, medical staff, they great. So uh, they, you know, uplift me as well. By the way, I'm a fan. My, I'm a fan for him saying that, by the way. 100%. Now that I'm in my mid 40s, my one of my favorite go tos is it is what it is. <laughs> I don't, I, um, hey, Gerald, yeah, I'm glad he, I'm, I'm just glad he handled that the way it is. And you know why you root for guys like that? You're like, yeah. hey, man, I was down. I didn't know what, you know, I'm wondering why this stuff keeps happening to me. I don't want it to happen to me. I want to yeah. play. I love football, but. I'm going to keep working through it. I'm good. And, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, I'm going to show you what I got. And I really hey, want Darryl, to show you. Browns gave up 14 points in 90 seconds. Your thoughts? It is what it is. Hey, how about them running 15 straight times and they gave up 172 yards? It is what it is. Oh, D. Hey, they can't score touchdowns inside the five. It is what it is. Daryl, they have a chance on Sunday. I think they do. I, yeah, I know this. yeah. I mean, look, I mean, J Justin Herbert's tough, right? Right. He is. And the reason why, JJ3. I mean, he has all the physical traits of a, of a great quarterback. I said this before, like, you just look look at him behind the center. He's like 6'9", behind the center, and uh, he's just a big arm, physical guy. Um, but I think, you know, his coaches put him in a good position to make plays. Like, they're not going to ask of him something that he can't do. He's just been taking advantage of it. But um, like I said, I think it's just his physical presence has helped him out a lot. That's like the, the here, here's Grant Delpit, same thing, almost verbatim. I mean, he's tall, like 6'6", six, six, uh, giant quarterback, got a you know, big arm on him, uh, makes the right decisions, you know, checks the, checks the ball down when he needs to. So you know, he's got it all, man. He's a good quarterback. Can't take it from him. So if Miles Garrett plays on on Sunday, I do have a request. So okay, if he plays and he gets a sack of Justin Herbert, I think he needs to to straighten out. We got one guy saying he's six six, another guy saying he's six nine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, you know these guys talk, right? So as Miles is driving him into the ground, be like, "Hey, dude, how tall are you anyway?" Oh, I just want to know man. how big the tree I'm planting is. Uh, it doesn't hurt that he's got Mike Williams as a wide receiver. He's got Gerald Everett as a tight end. He's been playing great this eight. Austin Elker. I mean, yeah, Keenan Allen's only played one game this season. I mean, they've they've got some guns that he can throw to. Completing sixty-seven percent of your passes, good. Yeah, and you got guys that can catch the ball. TD to interception ratio is that any good? Uh, let me check. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Our quarterback only throws interceptions inside the last minute of the game. So if there was a stat, <laughs> if there was a stat for quarterbacks that don't throw interceptions outside of the last minute of the game, he'd be number one. Uh, I like Jacoby Brissett. Please don't. I'm not digging him. I just, I, I they just, I just think they're putting him in a bad position at the end of the game to do that. You have coaches are, oh, I got to put my guys in a winning position. Well, you're not. First time you did it, you were trying to force the ball down the field with 22 seconds. This time was a little different. If they I, again, why not just run the ball up to the field goal line and go? I mean, they were probably in field goal distance anyway. They weren't that close until the sack. I'm still mad about the Falcons game. I gotta let it go, Daryl. I gotta let it go. Tell me, I gotta let it go. No, there's no such thing. You're a Browns fan. You can't let it go. I get it. I mean, I've let it go. I'm I'm over it. It is what it is. Like yeah. you know, Thanks, that's man. it is what it wisdom. is. That's that's that that. 
I think you need to incorporate that into your routine. It is what it is. Like, yeah, I think right. that that'll be a nice calming therapeutic thing for you uh, as a, you know, a, 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 as a Browns fan. But I mean, they, they just, they got to show up in the fourth quarter. That's what this comes down to. And I just, Jacoby Brissett is doing an outstanding job. They don't have a quarterback problem. I, I don't think they do either. I agree with you. Said it they on don't. your show. Like if Jacoby Brissett was was QBing this team last year instead of a one-winged Baker Mayfield, this team's making this this team made the playoffs last year. Like he's been that good. Right. Uh, has he been great? No. Has he made a couple of sure, but yeah, I mean, he's not the problem. The problem is some poor coaching combined with the defense just completely falling apart in the, in those final 15 minutes. So if they can, uh, you know, if, if the coaching can be a little better and if the defense can be a little better, maybe they'll be able to hang with some of these teams, but I, I just, that's, that's why the three and one and four and oh was so important so that you had a cushion, you built in a margin for error the scheduling gods, the football gods smiled upon you for the first four weeks of the season. You had a chance to beat Baker Mayfield. Uh, you had a chance to beat Mitchell Trubisky. Check and check. Joe Flacco. But you, you didn't Mariota. beat Joe Flacco, and you didn't beat Marcus Mariota, and now you've got you to face the law firm of Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow, Tom Brady, Tua. Like I just... It's going to be a tough seven weeks. Oh, by the way, uh, Buffalo's in there too. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen. Forgot about him. Yeah. Maybe the MVP. <sighs> Sorry, bro. It All right. So let me. I, I. What it is. I hear you. Okay. So here's my here's my deal. I have one last question. I actually have two last questions for you, and you have less than a minute to answer that because we're on a fictitious clock here. And we want to get the show over with. Ready? One. The Browns will win or lose on Sunday. Why you got to do this to me? The Browns will win or lose on Sunday. I'm not even asking for a score. They will lose. I'm going to go with the Browns are going to win. This is one of those games where you think they were going to lose. I think they win. Okay, I'm just. I mean, optimistic. the Chargers do have to come east, and you know it is a, a you know. Okay, that's okay. I'm not. I don't think you're negative. And the other question is, will the Guardians? Oh, is it a one o'clock kickoff? This yes, is it's a one o'clock kickoff. Yeah. Well, can I? Go ahead. Yeah. I'll give you more time. Yeah, it's basically a 10 a.m. kickoff for the Chargers. That's right, man. They're still in bed. They're not used to playing this early. <laughs> They're at the stadium by then. What do you? I, 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 no one can see the look you're giving me right now. I'm just yeah. You're it makes right. a difference. I'm, you think? I'm, I am agreeing with you. I'm, oh, okay, I'm second guessing my prediction that. It, oh that wow. I, do you want to think back? You want to try it again? I'm going to ask you again. No, no. Let me hit the I'm rewind gonna, button. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to be a politician here. Okay. Um. But there are that's, I think, a major factor. When we cut our next podcast on Sunday night, the which Guardians. Which talking you off of? Which one? <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. I'll give you your choice. Okay. All right. What, what were we going to ask? I'm sorry. No, uh, the Guardians will be playing the Yankees after yes. that. We will know the Guardians-Yankees series will be set on Sunday night if we are talking next time. Yeah. You like I, the Guardians. I, it, uh, Guardians in three. Guardians in three. Quantrill yes. comes through in the in the clutch. They will uh they will split the first two and really? win on Sunday. Extra innings? No. 
Remember, no runner at second base in extra innings in the playoffs. Hang on. I, I'm checking the forecast to see if maybe they oh. the, theme, the theme of their baseball season will continue, and that is a rain delay. Sunny skies through next uh, up until next Wednesday. Staff meteorologist Daryl Ryder. Daryl, let's say goodbye, please. It is what it is. There you have it. It's always game day in Cleveland. We'll talk to you on Sunday night after the Chargers game with a special post-game edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Thank you, Meredith Kane, our producer. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. We'll talk to you Sunday night.